Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite podcast. This week, I'm excited. We have uh, a guest with us, my brother, Sarim, founder and CEO of InfluenceDigest.com. Give it a click. He's here this week to discuss a recent move, a recent big move the Raptors made, and um, to kind of see, get his take on where he sees the franchise going forward. So let's get to it. Well, they did it. They went and fired fucking Dwayne Casey one day after he was voted coach of the year by his peers. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I can't say I'm upset. I can't say I'm happy. It's a little bittersweet for me because I did like Casey. I truly enjoyed his coaching style. He was a great person. He was great for the city. And we did have the best five-year run in franchise history. But that being said, like I've said before, when you get swept out of the playoffs in the second round for the second year in a row by the same team, sorry, by a worse fucking version of that team, when you get swept back-to-back years, I think your season is classified as a failure, a legit failure. And we all know the NBA is a business. And when you fail somebody has to pay. So Sarim, what do you think? You think Dwayne Casey scapegoat or was it the right decision? Well, let's start and be honest here. Yes, the season was an absolute fail. The goal was championship. They mentioned it time and time again, but honestly, realistically, the goal was NBA finals, but that's a different story. But to answer your question, no, I do not think Dwayne Casey should have been fired. He was definitely a scapegoat in the situation. Um, He led this team to a 59-win regular season series uh, record sorry and that is not something to be taken lightly there's a reason he won coach of the year by his other coaches whatever you want to call it but he did not show up in the playoffs which is true but i don't think that can be credited to him but why let me stop you there for a second if the nba is a results driven league and you win you know sure 59 60 games in the regular season and your goal is to make it to the finals don't you agree that you fall short of that goal if you get swept in the second round. The fucking second round. Yeah, but that's not all on him. You have to look at DeMar DeRozan. We, there was a point when the Raptors made the Eastern Conference Finals, psychologically or however you want to put it, internally, the, Kyle Lowry was the leader of the team. That's how the team was. The next year, he handed it off to DeRozan. DeRozan became the leader. This year, DeRozan is the leader. Kyle Lowry has taken a number two role on the team to allow DeMar DeRozan to be the leader. And as a result, he was unable to lead the team to the, to any form of victory against Cleveland. So with that being said, before I finish up here, I just want to say that this breaks down to the idea of leadership on the team and a lack of it. And I don't think it should be fully credited to Dwayne Casey. He made some questionable moves during the playoffs and during the series against the Cavs, subbing in CJ Miles and some odd lineups, but I do not think he is the root of the problem. Okay, so the root of the problem here, you are saying hinges on leadership. So for the Raptors, you're saying they don't have a leader. I'm saying the Raptors do not have a leader. They have a great player. I would put him as a four plus, as Max Kellerman likes to say. Uh, uh, I would rate Demar as a four plus. I would rate Lowry as a four plus. But I don't think the reason everyone keeps saying they need a five player, they need a five player. That's not true. You don't need a five player. The Raptors are a great team because they are a great team. 
everyone on the team works together, but they don't have that leader figure. Look at the Houston Rockets. They are a great team, but not as great as their record should be. Chris Paul came to the team. Yes, that is a huge addition to the team, but should it make them that much better based on his talents? No, it's his leadership that he brought to the team. Look at James Harden. James Harden is an extremely talented player. In my opinion, the best scorer in the NBA right now and is probably going to win MVP, but he is not a leader. He is unable to lead a team. He is the best player, but not a leader. When Chris Paul came in, he created an environment. He became the leader. He took accountability for the losses. He spread the credit when they won. And that is what they need. Look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. They made the playoffs for the first time in years. I think it's over a decade when Jimmy Butler came to the team. That is crazy. This is this. And Jimmy Butler is a great player, but he's not that huge differentiating factor. That's going to push them over the top. It's his leadership that took them there. He is a leader. The Raptors need a leader next year. And Dwayne Casey firing him was not the right idea. Dwayne Casey just needed that leader too. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I totally hear you. And I agree with what you're saying. And kind of to add to what you're saying is the Raptors firing Casey, I, I'm behind that, okay? Let's let's put that there. I think the Raps need to change, so I'm behind that move. However, if the Raptors go and hire, say, a Mike Budenhoser, for example. It's a lateral move. Okay, perfect. That's what I was going to say. I agree with you right there. I don't think that would make much sense. If you if you hire Budenhoser or say a Becky Hammond, nothing against female coaches. I think it's, you know, she's an incredible coach. Pau Gasol even endorsed her. I just don't think that she's the right fit for the Raptors. I think she's a coach that, you know, kind of would like to grow with young players, whereas Raps are a win now team or should be. And so they need kind of a hothead in that sense. So that being said, if the Raps go out and get a new coach, whoever that may be, that does that qualify as their leader or do you think that they need a player to come in and be like you know what i am the fucking leader of this team i am going to take this team to the next level they need a player dwayne casey should not have been fired the reason being is because dwayne casey has developed a seven to ten year sorry seven year relationship with all these players he's known he took demar from some scrub with chris bosh to this all-star arguably superstar player he Fixed Kyle Lowry's attitude problem, made him into a star. Develop, look what he, he gave Fred Van Fleet a chance. He really knows how to develop players. And I do not think this playoff collapse year after year should be put on him. Does he have some accountability to it? Yes, of course. But it should be on the leader. Who is the leader of the Raptors? Tell me right now. Who, Looking at the roster this year, who is the leader? Honestly, in my, like, in my personal opinion... I legitimately think that Fred Van Fleet is the leader of this team, which is a problem. It's a problem. I agree. You can't have a undrafted bench player as the leader of your team. I think it's it's awesome. It's admirable. It's admirable. Yeah, you're right. But I again, like I, I do agree with you in the sense that it's not practical. So, I mean, who uh, like who do they get, man? Who do they get? Let me let me just like throw in a quote that from this book I've been reading and it's just so relevant to the Raptors and it says there is no such thing as bad teams there are only bad leaders. So with that being said, who do they get? They get a, they need to find a leader. Is Kawhi Leonard a leader? Maybe in a maybe a silent leader, I don't know. The, but it's not going to be the coach. The coach is not going to lead. The coach is the team that orchestrates a group of guys to get them to go do stuff, but he is not the leader. 
He can have leadership qualities, but who on the court is going to grab you by the jersey and say, when you're down 15 in the fourth quarter, saying, let's fucking go. Who's going to be that guy? DeMar never did that. I love DeMar. DeMar is sick. Lowry did that, did that sometimes, but who's going to do that? Who's going to have the same kind of confidence in the third quarter when you're down 26 saying, we're going to fucking win this game? I don't know. Who do you think? Man, that's tough. That's tough. I um, Again, Toronto hasn't had much luck with uh, signing big-time free agents um, in the past. This year's free agent class is pretty thin. Um, on top of that, you know, like you mentioned, we have Kawhi. We don't know what his situation is. He's not even a free agent, but, you know, we might get traded. There's DeMarcus Cousins coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, I've been reading rumors of Wiggins, but, again, he's not a free agent. He just signed a match He's not contract. a leader either. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't consider him a leader either, actually. Bitching about, you know, being the third string guy on a, on a Minnesota team that's, you know, fighting for the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. Um you know, when it boils down to it, I agree with you, man. Uh, the Raps do need a leader. I think that Masai is a very intelligent general manager. I think he is the brains behind this operation that's been going on for five years, this successful or pseudo-successful operation. And and I think that, uh, you know, he's going to listen to, uh, you know, his advisors. He's going to listen to his heart. And uh, he's going to go out there and find that leader that you, uh, you're looking for. Okay, it's conference finals time. Let's go out east. Boston and Cleveland, a rematch of last year's conference finals. Honestly, I was ready to proclaim the King and the Cavs as Eastern Conference champs, but after watching the fucking smackdown, the Celtics just laid on them? I don't know. I may have to rethink my strategy. Fuck, that was a beatdown from start to finish. The Celtics went on a 17-0 run to close out the first quarter this afternoon. That's insane. Honestly, watching this game, I was happy because of what the Cavs did to the Raps. But on the other hand, I'm kind of pissed off because the Cavs shot fucking lights out all series against Toronto. And then all of a sudden, they revert back to the shitty team I thought they were all season. Taking nothing away from Boston, they have done an incredible job. I've talked at length about Brad Stevens and his coaching prowess, and holy shit, just watch a Celtics game. He's a mastermind. He's an absolute genius. Now listen, what the Celtics did today, unreal. They have home court. They did what they were supposed to do. They won game one in Boston, and they sent a message to the Cavs. Stephen A. Smith said it after uh, the Philly series. I believe he interviewed one of the Celtics players and someone responded, listen, don't think for one second we're going to bow down to the altar of the king. I mean, Celtics aren't fucking scared, man. They know what they have to do. They know that everyone has been doubting them all year, all season long, and they're here. They're here without Kyrie. They're here without Gordon Hayward, but they are ready to fight. Everybody is doing the nitty gritty everybody is doing the dirty things on that team marcus morris terry rogier jalen brown aaron baines holy shit sounds like a rec league pickup team man these are nba players this is an nba team doing damage right now but but i cannot bet against fucking lebron james i did it last round and i'm not making that mistake again I don't think this is going to be a close series, 
and sorry, but what I mean is I don't think that this is going to be done anytime soon. I think this is going to be a long, drawn-out series. But in the end, the Cavs are going to win. LeBron is LeBron, and he is on a mission to make his eighth straight finals. Take that in for a second. Eighth straight fucking finals. This man has led a different team to the finals for eight straight years. That's that's some goat shit right there. But yeah, I'm not ready to proclaim the Cavs done, even after what Boston did to them today. I'm going to go ahead and say Cavs in seven, just because I know LeBron is capable of turning it up a notch and soaring to another level. Making our way out west now. The matchup we've all been waiting for. The matchup we knew was coming from November. Let's be real. Nobody questioned that these two juggernauts were going to be in the Western Conference Finals. The number one and number two seed, the best, the top two records in the West, the, the models of consistency out West all year. This was a foregone conclusion before the season even started. Uh, I mean, the Rockets, they've been deadly. They've been looking real, real good. They, they've been asking for this matchup all year, pretty much. The GM's been asking for it. The players have been asking for it. I mean, they went and got Chris Paul strictly for this reason. They went and got Chris Paul to compete against the Warriors. So, you know what? It's, uh, it's time to lace them up and, and showcase what this team's capable of. They have home court, which is huge. Huge in the playoffs, obviously. And uh, especially huge when you're playing a team like the Warriors. CP is beasting. Like I said, he was brought in to beat the Warriors, and he has been playing like a man possessed. He just punched his ticket to his first ever Western Conference Finals, which is insane because he's already... If CP were to retire today, he would go into the Hall of Fame. But he would go into the Hall of Fame having never won a Conference Finals game. That's insane. That's wild. But... His last game against the Jazz, he dropped 40 points, had 10 assists, 8 threes, and became the first point guard in history to do such without any turnovers. That's pretty wild. Then you have James Harden, the beard, obviously cooking. As my brother mentioned earlier, most likely to win MVP. He's been killing it. He's on a mission. You know, He's kind of been an afterthought in the West because of the Warriors' dominance, so he's ready to change that narrative. Their role players are clicking, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, Gerald Green, Eric Gordon. Everyone's playing well. They're ready. They're primed. This is what they were built for. However, however, the Golden State Warriors are still the Golden State Warriors. Just like the Rockets, they've only lost two games all playoffs. And what's more, what's more important that not many people are talking about, Steph's back. Steph Curry is fucking back. He's back. He's healthy. You know, he's been nursing his ankles and his knees for weeks, months now, and he's primed. He's ready to go. He came off the bench in the playoffs uh, in his first game back in months and dropped like 28 points in 20 minutes. That's insane. Come on. The, the Warriors without Steph Curry are a championship caliber team, no doubt. The Warriors with Steph are arguably the greatest team in NBA history. 
Jordan fans, don't at me. They just have so much fucking firepower. Even if Houston manages to shut down Steph and KD, the Warriors' two best players, which is highly, highly unlikely, they still have to worry about Clay, who's a fucking human microwave. The man dropped 39 points in a quarter a couple of years ago. We all know how hot Clay can get. I just think there's there's too much talent. Draymond Green, he averaged a triple double against the Pelicans. His name isn't even being mentioned right now. Steph, Clay, Dre, KD, I I I just don't see it. I as as good as the Rockets are, you know, number one seed, Chris Paul making his first uh, Western Conference Finals, Harden fired up, role players this, role players that, good coach, you know, more threes than the Warriors, matching their up tempo style, all of that put together, I still don't see the Rockets beating the Warriors. I think the Warriors are too damn good. And regardless of the fact they don't have home court, I think they're going to split the first two games 1-1, steal home court. And ultimately, I think the Dubs are going to take this series in six.